Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 91. I'm trying to think of what we, if we got any feedback from last episode. I don't think we did. No, I can't think of any. Mm. You know, it was about files, so it's not exactly like it's, you know, super amazing or anything. I, th- I thought it was oh, I good. Sp- I, 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 pronounced, I pronounced somebody's name wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am very sorry about, but... I, what can you what can you do? I'm sorry, but that's okay. Let's move on with today's topic. We have a topic for today, so we'll just do that instead of like reliving my shame. Sounds good, Jelly. Cool. What do you got for us, Ben? So today I thought we could look into push notifications or just notifications in general, which will include all the changes coming in iOS 10 because it's kind of been completely reworked. Right. For the better, like the new ones look awesome. Yeah, I love the new notifications. They're great. So yeah, uh, have you done push or local notifications before? I've done local notifications. I've never done push. I've only ever done anything to do with notifications at all, like once. And it was for, prior to going to DubDub this year, I, I decided I wanted to do a little kind of hack project where I created an app to track my, my baggage and um like my you know my luggage whatever and so i wrote like i wrote an app um that basically detected a bluetooth beacon yes and i that i got a notification for when when that like was around yeah have we talked we haven't mentioned this on the show yet have we because that was i don't think we've gone through that story that was the dodgiest thing i had (laughs) ever seen uh so it was an estimate beacon, right? That you had cut up because you had to change the battery. In yeah. It. So I cut, like you know, the estimate beacons come in like a rubber casing. Yeah. And they'd been sitting, they'd been sitting around for months, and they'd gone flat. And like most of the estimate beacons that I got, in, in in honesty, came came flat. Like I I received them and they were flat. Yeah. So I ended up cutting all of them open. And one of them I took out, and it's basically inside of the rubber casing is just like a tiny little board um, that's a little bit bigger than the battery itself, and then just a battery, which you can buy at any kind of store that sells batteries. Yeah, so, okay, picture this. Jelly has duct taped this cut-up electronic transmitting device and stuck it to the inside of his bag. <laughs> How you weren't arrested <sighs> on getting off the plane in America, I'll never know, because... That know. straight up just looks like a bomb. Well, it doesn't really. It's not attached to anything. Yeah, like, but you know what they're like. Yeah, it's true, I suppose. I don't I don't know how I didn't get arrested, but it's a good thing that I didn't. Anyway, it worked. Like the whole the whole system did work and I was able to track my baggage. I did run into some weirdness though with notifications. I'd never really done anything with notifications before and to be honest, it kind of scared me a little bit cuz I I don't know, it's just one of those things where you like you try something new and different and it's not really that, you know, big a deal, but to you it is because yeah. Yeah. And I ran into this kind of like I, I, one of the things that you're supposed to be able to do with notifications, right? Notifications can be set up so that they go off on a specific time. Yep. Or you can attach it to like a location mm-hmm. thing and uh you know, it'll go off when something changes about that location. Yeah. So, as an example, if you set like a a location with you know coordinates uh if you enter like a region around those coordinates you're supposed to be able to get a notification yeah you're supposed to be able to also set it so that if you have a beacon which is effectively the same thing if you yeah enter the beacon region yeah 
a notification goes off, I couldn't get it to go off, or at least not in a any sort of way that was reliable. Yeah, that's right. They don't work that well. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I ended up... I Just think the, the beacon ones. I... The enter beacon range and exit beacon range Yeah, can happen like 10 minutes after it actually entered or it might never happen. It's just kind of like, yeah, I don't feel like doing it this time. So, so I'm I not going had, to. I only had the problem when I tried to make it so that the notification went off using that beacon region. So if I attached yeah. them directly, like that would that would was problematic. If I used like the regular stuff to track when the when when I entered like you know the delegate or whatever mm. to track when I enter and exit the the beacon region, that was fine. Like it worked perfectly fine. Wait, that fine. app wasn't open, was it? No, yeah, it's not you, supposed to be. Yeah, you know that, right? With notifications, I think that's the like number one gotcha of notification development is that if the app is open when the notification comes in, it goes to a different method and won't actually show the little. Right, drop down thing. But it was it was not open, it, and I know okay. that. Yeah, cool. I know that you're not supposed to get them when you're open when it's open because they go to the uh, a method on your app delegate. Yeah, and if if you open them with like by t- tapping the notification, it, I think it goes through that same method, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it also goes to did finish launching with launch options as well. I think, and one of the options right. is the notification that you actually tapped on. Right. So the way that I got it working was that I and this is why I know that my app wasn't open at the time at the time. So I set up my delegate and when I entered the region, I basically detected like the information about the region, you know, how close I was or whatever. Yeah. And I fired off a notification because you can set the time so the time based notifications you can set them to like now. Yeah. So which basically is like, you know, just present a notification. Uh so that's what I did. I basically presented a notification a time-based notification like immediately when when my delegate detected that i'd entered the region and that worked fine like it showed me a notification and it worked pretty much every time yeah that's how that's how we've always done it as well because the did enter region one for like the just with the notification it's like so inconsistent it was so flaky it was so flaky and then it was kind of funny because pretty much every single time that the the it worked like it worked perfectly fine, except that ninety percent of the time, I could see my bag when, <laughs> already. Yeah, because I guess when off. you when you like go pick up your bag at the airport, you kind of stare at the door where they come out. So your yeah, hope, like I was, your hope would be that it, you would get the notification before it came through that door. Yeah, and to be fair, like it did, it did. Like I would get like a notification to say that your bag is nearby. Uh, and it would be like underneath the ground or wherever they are, depending yeah, on the airport. Right. Uh, but then, like by the time it actually went off for real, and I could like I could go and pick up my bag, I was looking at my bag when the notification went off. Okay. Oh well. So beacons and notifications are good, but probably not as good as eyes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> cool. That can be the that can be the tagline I think for this episode. <laughs> anyway, let's uh get into some more structured stuff. So basically with notifications, you've got two types. You've got a remote notification, which is a push notification. Right. So that's the kind that comes from Apple's push notification service. Basically how they work is you have a server somewhere. Yep. Your server decides I'm going to send a push. It sends something to Apple. So you send it to Apple push notification service with these are the devices I want to push to. And then Apple forwards it on to actual devices. Yeah, so you have like an ID of some description. Yeah, the device token. Yeah, the device. And to get that token, 
you have to, you've all seen it. The app asks you, do you want to allow this app to send you notifications? So it's the same as getting like location permission or anything like that. There's a method you call to say register for remote notifications. It pops up that box. If they click OK, it gives you a token. You pass that token to your server to store. And then when your server wants to send a notification, it you know puts it all together with that token, sends it off to Apple, and Apple forwards it on. Right. If Apple feels like it, because sometimes they just don't appear. Well, that's one of the things about notifications. They're not guaranteed. Yeah, so you can't... One of the App Store rules is you can't base like application logic off push notifications. So if you're right. going to try and... I don't know, unlock a feature with a push. So on this day, I'm going to send out the unlock signal to all my devices and suddenly this feature will be available. Yep. It's not how it works. So no. you can totally do that. Just you can't do it based off a push notification because you can't guarantee that your user's ever going to get that push. Yeah. So you have to do something along the lines of like, you know, make it so that if you push, you push like multiple things. So if you have like, if you're, if you're pushing notifications for unread messages or something. Yeah. So you might have the first one, you say one. And so then you have that one doesn't go through, but you get another message and you push that one. You say two because they never saw the first message. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so... You can also do what's called a local notification, which is what you use, Jelly, in your bag app. So these, to the user, look exactly the same as push notifications. The only difference is they they come from your app. So rather than having to go off to a server, there's a whole pile of things you can do just with local notifications to, I guess, make the process simpler. So you can, um, like you mentioned, do a location. So you can attach a notification to a location. So when the user enters that location, it fires a message. Yep. Uh, you can do it with a beacon, you can do it at a time, and you can make them repeat. And I think that's it. I'm pretty sure they're the only ones you can do. And so up until iOS 10, if you wanted to do anything more complex than that, you needed a server with push and all yeah, that fancy so, I mean, stuff. You, you could kind of like bring things together a little bit because you have things like, like background um, fetching where your app gets woken up in the background and you could... Yeah, but all, all that stuff requires... Proper push notifications, not local notifications. Oh, background fetch doesn't. I mean, it. you're not guaranteed to be able to get woken up at the right time. That's one of the things about it. Like oh, push yeah. notifications. Push notifications are great for like, I want this to go through and I want it to go through at this, like, this exact time and this person might not have their app opens, whereas background fetch might run at a certain time, but it might not. And yeah, it might but depend on the person's phone. That's not. That's like different from the notification service, though, right? No, it's yeah, it's totally different. But yeah. you could like you c- by using what I'm trying to say is that by using that sort of stuff with notifications, you could you know fire off notifications locally and get a similar kind of experience. Yeah, there's there's heaps of heaps of hacks you can do with local yeah. notifications. Yeah, a lot of the time though, it's just easier to have a server. Like so much of this stuff, you can just do with a server and not have to worry about trying to schedule the right message at the right time and stuff yeah well of course but it like you know there are there are situations where it might be more useful so let's say that you have an app and this app lets you so when you take a live photo you it sends it to like some sort of sync service or maybe shares it with people that you know and trust Mm -hmm. to be able to see your live photos and when you when you take a live photo it like it basically shares it um like just automatically shares it to that service yeah i've 
I've actually always wondered how these apps work, so this is intriguing. Well, I'm just I'm just theorizing. I I've never built this. Okay, just, and, and this is probably a terrible app. I don't think I really would I would want a, a well, service so that automatically shares my live photos. Dropbox kind of does this. This is true with camera at least camera upload, so it automatically backs up your photos somehow. Right. So basically, all that you need to do is set up so you can you can switch on. This is completely nothing to do with notifications, but we will get there in a sec. What you do is you switch on uh, background fetch as one of your um, as one of the reasons that you background you do backgrounding mm-hmm. and you specify some information. I won't go into that, but basically you set your app up for background fetch, and when you use background fetch, you basically get it opened with a, with a completion handler, which you basically call with to tell whether or not you got new data or not. It's really very very basic. Yeah, but, but how what do you? you can, but what you could do is you could send you could set a notification. Like to to go off when you've finished that. Yes. To say you could. I got you know. I just pulled you know just three new three, live photos yeah. and you know they they're now shared with all of your friends. How does background? How do you say when you want to be woken up with background fetch? I thought people hacked it with content no, available pushes. No, this is a thing. So this is a thing that arrived around I want to say iOS five. Yeah, just, that's just like a real like a straight up guess, and it's specifically called background fetch. Because it's basically, so the way that they marketed it was that um, if you had like an RSS reader, yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. it could like pull the new data, like, and so it would wake up just before you were you, you usually open up your app and would pull new data. But I thought, so like, say for Dropbox's example, I never opened the Dropbox app. In fact, I don't even use this feature, but I know it's there and works. How are they doing it? Like, I always assumed people were doing it by sending silent push notifications to say there's new. Because one of the push notification things you can do is your server can push out a push to say there is new content available, and that triggers background fetch. So you don't need to do that. Um, okay. You, that, that's not necessary. I guess we're going into this. So in, uh, in your capabilities tab in your project, the, there's a whole bunch of options, and one of them is background modes. And you can toggle a checkbox to say background fetch which says background fetch there are other ones like remote notifications uh newsstand downloads location updates all that sort of you know all that sort of stuff and gifwrapped actually uses this which is why i know this in your app delegate you you basically have uh, a method which is called uh, uh, application perform fetch with completion handler yeah i know that one Yep, you'll get opened with that. And you'll also get opened, uh, you'll also get like application will finish launching with options, did finish launching with options, whatever. And one of the options will be you're in the background. So you can kind of launch in the background as well, um, completely fresh and do something different if you want to do it that way. Mm. But I feel like there was, I feel like there was also a method, like a thing that you can use to specify that you want to be opened. I think it's on your application. Notification, managing background. So yeah, so your application has an application state which tells you whether or not you're in the background, yeah, uh, or the foreground, or whatever. So there's a method on UI application which is called set minimum background fetch interval, and you set that cool. to something that is not never, yeah, uh, and then that theoretically opens up your app in the background, and it does work. I know it works because I've run into a bug recently where this is like it's not a bug. It's just like it. I thought it was a bug. Um, I have two versions of GIF wrapped on my phone and they both store their data in the same place. And I was having a problem where uh, if I disconnected from Dropbox, it would like suddenly like launch, like load everything up again. 
Um, and that's because I had two different versions yeah. of GIF wrapped using the same thing, and it was one was opening up in the background and like reloading all the data, which was really weird. Yeah, but it, it works. I've run so into bugs like that before. Yeah. The point, the end. Of, anyway, the point is, you could, you can do stuff with lo- local notifications. You just have to kind of get around the fact that they're not necessarily going to be like instantaneous. So, if your content is remote, you're probably better off using a push notification. If your content's local, you might be able to use something like background. Cool. To, okay, that's to good. It. All right. So moving on. Yeah. Let's say though we were making our live photos sharing app right and we did what we said so we had a service that uploaded them or whatever and at the end it said i just uploaded two photos yep that's all we could do on ios 9 but coming in ios 10 notifications have had a complete rework which is awesome so you can do so much more with them now Uh, and one of them something really simple is just you can attach a picture so (laughs) you never used to be able to do that so when you received a picture like in messages iOS could do that. They could attach a picture. Yep. But in, in our notifications, we had no way of attaching media to a notification. Right. So coming in iOS 10, we have media attachments, which is really cool. Supported is what you'd expect, pictures, but you've also got videos, GIFs, amazingly. Yep. Yep. Animated GIFs work, yes. even though UI Imagery doesn't support animated GIFs. Push no, notifications do. So there you go, Jelly. GIF wrapped. Yeah, well, I don't use notifications. This is the That's point. That's what you should I, be I doing. Drop whatever like third-party <laughs> dependency you've got. Right. Anytime sorry. someone clicks a GIF, you can display it as a notification. Wow, that's <laughs> that, that's that's like uh, let, that's just basically the highway to delete town. I think. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, you've also got sounds, so you can attach sounds if you want. Uh, you always right. had push notification sound so you can set a sound that you want to play when the notification comes in but this is like but now you can yeah play a sound in the notification so when the user and as far as i can tell this stuff only really works with force touch so you need a fancy phone for that so Uh, yeah you can force touch and play a sound yeah so like this is when you like let's say you have a service that sends you send voice messages and yes you got a voice message and it could be played directly from the notification that is it so the notification will, when you force touch it, it will expand. So when it comes in, you get a preview version, which is like the little picture that you're used to seeing in this, on the side of the notification. Yep. Uh, you can force touch it. It expands to full notification size. And then you'll get a full view of your picture or your video. And there'll be little playback controls there if it's a playbacky sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. Sounds pretty simple, right? It does sound pretty simple. It's actually not as simple as it sounds. Oh, really? For once. Oh, oh. So for local notifications, it is pretty simple. Uh, you give it the f- in your notification bundle that you make, uh, you give it the URL, a file URL of the where the asset is locally, and that's it, you're done. So that's still simple. Yeah, that, that's simple. So what's, what's difficult about this? Remote ones. So remote oh. ones, you would expect to just be able to say, like, here's my remote notification, which includes a URL of like a GIF on the internet somewhere. And you would think iOS would go and get the GIF and show it. It doesn't. That would be crazy. So basically, you get a new callback for so that you can now go and download the content to show in the in the notification, which is like slightly more complex than I would have expected it to be. I kind of understand when they don't implement this sort of stuff because you're talking about like a service. If you're talking about like a service that's where you're sending gifts, but like your content is uh, is encrypted, or you have to go through like a 
like a, a server, like a, where you have to log in first and the user has yeah. to log in to be able to see it. Like that makes sense because you're not going to just, they're not going to implement that for you. That's right. That's exactly yeah. why they've done it. And because yeah. they've done it, all those old notification app delegate methods you're used to using yep. are gone. All gone. six of them or something are all deprecated. And there is a new push notification delegate protocol thing. Yep. It's not part of the app delegate, although I expect a lot of people will still put it in there. Yep. So now you there's a new delegate called UN User Notification Center Delegate, which is part of a new framework, which is the user notifications framework. Whoa. Yeah, they, mind they basically blowing. moved everything to that new framework, right? Like yeah. all the notification stuff has been moved off to into its own framework. Correct. Which makes sense. And it's also it's much nicer. So yeah. I think there was about five or six different methods related to push stuff before. Mm. Mm. Now there's two. There's did receive or user notifications and it did receive with completion handler. Yep. So that's like the one the one of the six you always used back in yep. the day. Yep. And there's also a will present with completion handler, which is the one that gets called if your app is in the foreground. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's it. So you can like present it yourself or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's how push notifications work now. In order to, if you do have a URL in there that you want to download and show a nice picture on your push notification, uh, we have some new extensions. New extensions. Whoa. New extensions. extensions are great. I love extensions. Extensions Tell are, me more about this extensions. extensions are the now, aren't they? They are. Everything's so an extension. So, so, so fresh. So fresh. <laughs> so we've got two new extensions here for push notifications. We've got notification service extensions and notification content extensions. Notification service extensions are the, I guess, the easier ones. Right. They're ones that basically give you a chance to run. Well, they are run when a push comes in. Okay. Yep. So this that is the sense. one that we're going to use to pass our URL of for our image or whatever to display it. Yes, that's yeah. good. Yep. So a notification service extension mm. has two methods. Again, it's did receive and then a big block of stuff that you got to pass back when you're done. Yep. And another one, service extension time will expire. So this one is called if you've run out of time. Kind of like background fetch, you know, you get a re- really limited amount of time. Yeah. So that's that's called there. And so this is kind of another reason why Apple didn't just do the work for you. Yep. They want you to get the push, which contains a URL, which can be anything. Try and download it. And if you're on a slow internet connection or something, they give you a chance to recover from that. So instead, you can maybe show something that you already had locally or you can display an error if that's like a... Like maybe you display an icon that says this isn't quite downloaded yet or something like that. Like It it depends on the app, right? That's why they've done this. Maybe you like, you know, get a thumbnail or something that you have for something at the roughly the right size. Yeah. yeah. So in order to trigger these extensions to run, you need to provide a new key in your APS dictionary. Yep. So Apple Push Service, I think that stands for. Yep. Uh, these are the options that you're already probably used to using if you've used Push before. If not, you get a you have to provide some options. And these aren't used by your app. They're used by iOS to know what to do with your push. Right. So the classic one, which I've already mentioned, is content available. So that one is passed when you want to trigger a background fetch with a push notification. Yep. There's a new one, mutable content. So you pass a mutable content push if you want your app to run a notification service to like mess with the content. Mm. So yeah, this, mm. see, this is what I mean. Like, It's not as simple as it probably sounded like it would be, but it's still not that hard once you read about it. 
So mutable content, does that mean that you can change other stuff about it? Like you're not just downloading an image, you you could like change the content of the message? Yes, it does mean that. And there's a Ooh. very good reason why you can do that, which I've got okay. at the end. Oh, okay. So your push comes in, your notification service extension is run, you get called this did receive message where you can put all the stuff together and you pass back what's called a UN notification content. So UN notification content has a title, a subtitle, a body, a badge, a sound, a launch image name, and some attachments. And attachments are those those media items we already mentioned. So yeah, you can right. completely mess with it. You can change the whole thing if you want to. Which is kind of cool because you could like that that I guess opens up opportunity to like to send through less information in the push itself and like populate that information directly from your app. That's right. So push notifications yeah. have a max size, which is four kilobytes, I believe. Yep. So if you've got two, like you definitely couldn't send an image in that, which is why this stuff never worked before, which is why you couldn't include an image before. So now you can. And yeah, you're right. If it's more than four kilobytes, you get a certain amount of time. I haven't been able to find out how much time. It's probably variable. But you get a short amount of time to like do with what you will with this content and display whatever you want. Fair enough. Cool. So they're the basic ones. Yep. So pretty much now we can do what Apple's always done. If you want something more complex, they also have some awesome new stuff to do with actually showing custom UI in your notification. So instead of just an image or whatever, you can actually have a view controller in there. Okay. Which cool. Is kind of crazy. But again, this is what Apple's already done for a few things before. Yeah, I mean, I it's I I find it difficult to remember anything before iOS 10, which is which they're definitely using stuff like this. Uh, the only one and I'm thinking of is, I guess, uh, messages, right? Messages used to come in and you could reply. So that's kind of like yeah. custom UI. But you're right. Apart from that, they didn't really have anything, did they? I've no. been using iOS 10 for a while now, so I've kind of blurred what was possible in my head. Right. Whereas now, like messages, when you like when you open it up in like the message up and you force touch or whatever, you get like the history of the messages. And I don't don't think you ever got that before. No, no, you definitely didn't. You could reply, but you couldn't like see what you were like all of the information, the context around what you were replying to. Yeah. Mm. So if you want to include custom UI in your notification, of course, that's another extension. Okay. It's It works a lot like, I guess, a today extension where you get one view controller that is presented somewhere else and you have to do a whole pile of fancy stuff to end up talking back to your own app, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, which is why you ran into that gift wrap bug, right? Yep. <laughs> so anyway, these these extensions are called notification content extensions. Right. And a notification content extension, you just make it in Xcode kind of like you would make any other extension. You go and add a new target to your project, and it's one of the options in the in the very large list these days. I think there's about 20-something of them. Yeah, there's a lot. I was opening that list up a few times yesterday, and it there's so many. So many. And they've all got icons. Yeah, they all have their own icon, which is nice. It's nice of them to do that. <laughs> anyway, so when you make it, you'll end up with one view controller class. And this class will implement the UN notification content extension protocol. You'll end up with one storyboard and an info.p list like every extension. So you can set up your UI in the storyboard and then it works just like pretty much any other view controller. Or, or, or you can delete your storyboard and replace the... Uh, the info plus key, uh, what is it? What is it? It's um, NS extension main storyboard or something. Yeah. You, you replace that with NS extension uh, principal class, and you set your class like to your view to the view controller that you want to use, 
And if you're using Swift, you have to remember to use the, the module name. That's cool. I did not know that. That's how you do it. That's, that's how, how you, you do, do your UI and code. Yeah, that's how you do code UI with these. Uh, you just basically remove the reference to the storyboard and move ah. it to a class, which is how like the non-UI ones work, it, but they also work for the UI ones. It's just that app, that they set up, the templates are set up to use storyboards. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done it. See, if I was doing that, I wouldn't have even Googled it. I would have just left the blank storyboard and added everything to that. Because it's not you don't have segues or anything. It's just like they use a storyboard, but it's a single view controller in there. I would yep. have just yeah added subviews to that. <laughs> nah, just, that's I crazy. I did, there's no reason to have it. Like you, like it's the having having a blank storyboard is the same thing as having not a storyboard. So yep, I I I, I remove the storyboard and then I don't have to have the storyboard at all. Yeah, it totally. That sounds mess up my sounds way better. Files. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like storyboards, yeah, for, for, well, you know, you know me. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> you can pretty much do whatever you want. There is one catch, and that is user interaction is as far as I can tell, completely disabled. Yeah, no, it is. So it you, is disabled. You get like your view, but you can't interact with that view. All you can interact with are the action buttons that you can provide. Yes. So you can give it a list of, I guess, I think it's just titles, titles that go in action buttons. And of course, there's a callback for those. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got media in there, you can have the playback controls that are from the, the other type of push notification. So yep. you can bring them up as well on your custom notification, and that's oh, okay, it. Cool. That's all you can yep. do. Yeah, you can't you can't interact with it. So if you had like a I don't know a view where let's say you had a game and it was like yeah, a I was going to say that game, and you want to like you know move pieces around or something like it's a chess game or something you want to move a piece, oh, uh, you can't do that. You could do that you, totally from notifications. iOS eleven. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, this this one was message. Message games soon. Messages will be gone as well. That'll be like so last year. We'll just be doing <laughs> everything in push notifications on the lock screen. You'll never even unlock your phone. Yeah, nice, Am- nice, amazing. Turn-based games through notifications. I like it. I like it too. That's definitely coming. Called it. Called it here first, or heard it here first. <laughs> but yes, you can't. You, or rather, no, you can't <laughs> interact with. Uh, you can't interact with the actual, like the custom view. You can only yeah, interact it's, with. It's the almost just like a, a picture, I guess. And yeah. in fact, maybe that's how it works. Like it might just render it and put it in there. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, it could just be a view with user interactions enabled, set to false. Could be. Could be. I'm just guessing. The, I, you can update it. I think you can update that view with when you when, oh, of like, course, when yeah, stuff changes. So you could have like a countdown in there or something if you want like a timer and update yeah. stuff. Okay, so uh, but you could like if real. they interact with it, like say if you have a timer and you have can't have it come up and it you know it's counting the seconds or whatever, and uh, you have a button to say cut the red wire and you press cut the red wire, you could have that view like stop the timer at one second. In yeah, movies. Cool. Yeah, that's another game. Yes. All right. I guess. So that's that's pretty much it for the extensions. Uh, if you watched, I think it might have even been in. Was it in the keynote or was it in State of Union about end-to-end encryption of push notifications? Um, I don't remember, but I, I know I, I know it was in. Definitely, they mentioned it in the in the session. Yeah. So they mentioned it at one of the big, the big name ones as well. Like it was a proper announcement that finally you can do 
end-to-end encryption of push notifications. It sound that sounds like the sort of thing that you would get in the in the State of the Union. It does. Honestly? Yeah, mm. it does. It sounds like a State of the Union thing. So previously, before iOS 10, because you got no chance to to interact with, I guess, when the push came in, iOS just showed it. So say you were writing a like secret messaging app, and there's a million out there, and when you get a message, it, you want to show a notification of the new message, right? Right. Currently, how those apps work is they don't show you the message on the lock screen, which I guess if it's a super secret messaging app, you probably don't want to anyway. But they just say like you have a new message because yep. they couldn't they couldn't send the message in the push because there was no way to decrypt it on the phone side. You could still do it. You could still do it. What do you mean? Well, so you can send a push notification. Like I, clearly, I know a little bit about push notifications, yeah. even though I've never actually used them. You can send a silent push notification, right? You don't have to show it on the lock screen. That's true. You can so just you have could, it wake up your app again. So this you is could, a local notification hack. You could, yeah, you could, you could push it to your phone. Have your background, your app, wake up in the background to do like to basically decrypt the message, or you know, yeah, go and get, get the it, message or whatever, bring it back, whatever you need it. to do, and then you have you show a local notification instead. And it works roughly the same way. Yes. Okay, true. So, But one of their big announcements was you don't have to do that anymore. You can now no. send encrypted push because, as we've already mentioned, you get a chance to run when a push comes in. So a push comes right. in, you can run, mess with the content. So maybe you have the title and subtitle encrypted. So the push comes in, your extension runs, decrypts them, passes back the updated content, and then iOS uh, shows it. That's how that's that nice. new feature they announced worked. Um, they made it sound like it was more than a... It seems to me like they announced it as like this big new thing they had coming, like you can finally do encrypted push. But I don't think there was anything special required as far as I can tell. I'm pretty sure they just kind of got it because they've done these extensions and someone was like, oh, this means you can now send encrypted end-to-end pushes. And so they yep. were like, yeah, that sounds great. We'll announce that. Yep, yep. That's totally a marketing marketing decision yeah. but i uh, i i think like that that's a lot nicer than having to wake up your app in the background like because uh, one of the nice things about extensions is that they kind of you know run and are very kind of restricted in what yeah. they can do and so it's like this nice little siloed thing where you can decrypt your message and just you know display it and whatever it is that's that's very nice i like it mm. yeah i like it too uh the other thing that's new with i guess the ios 10 push notifications is they all have an id now so previously, there was no way to, I guess, update a notification. So say you, you were Slack. So you get a Slack message, you get a push on your lock screen, yep. and someone, I don't know, somewhere else edits that message. There was no way to update your lock screen's push to say like with the new content of that message. Right. So what most people would do is they just wouldn't send another push, and then you open it and you get the updated one in the proper app. Can you delete the notifications in the old situation you could delete it and then I think like you push can, a new one but then you'd get like a new notification i think the only thing you can do is clear them all if i understand oh. it correctly oh that's that sucks maybe yeah. i don't know it's really hard and not really supported to yeah. to be updating notifications so now you can yeah. now they have now an you id can. you can say replace this with this or something like that i haven't actually looked too much into it but this was the other big thing they announced with this refresh of of notifications. Mm, so, that's nice. I like yeah. It. So hopefully these these new notifications are going to be way more useful. So advertisers will be able to target us so much more effectively <laughs> with their <laughs> quickly download, <laughs> open our app now for half price off gold coins. Yay. Yay. <sighs> yeah. No, apps that do that get deleted. 
they apps that do that are meant to be removed. Like you're not meant to be able to spam for sales and stuff. And yet no, Apple themselves did it. Yeah, I know. Apple's, Apple Apple did it once. But they they also don't like they don't really corral people who actually mm. do do it. Sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's pretty much it. That's my notifications rundown. Yeah. It's nice. I like it. It's succinct bit of information in there, good good kind of storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, if that's it, then I guess uh, we'll we'll you know, point people to the show notes, which are on the website. You have show notes. You have links, right? Yeah. People, people will be able to uh, read more information about the. I'm sure there's like that. We we can point them towards the the sessions. There's two sessions on notifications, isn't there? From this there are yeah. Up. Also, um, just watch out if you Google the push notification guide or whatever. It hasn't been updated yet. Mm. I think you can. You can go read the documentation on the new frameworks, but that doesn't actually give you that much info. Like it's kind of the the method breakdown. And then they also have this guide on implementing notifications in your app. That guide is now out of date currently. As we right. record this, maybe it'll be updated by next week. But at the moment, that guide is out of date. Right. But you can, uh, if, you, if you're really, really interested and you haven't already, you can... Go and watch the sessions, which they do, I think, break down yes. how to do these. Or you can just listen to this episode again because Ben just does it amazingly well. Maybe. You, you can also get in touch with us on the website um, via email. The website is mobilecouch.co and uh, all the information for this episode, past episodes, how to get in touch with us, it's all on there. It's, it's, good. it's a good place to be. You can also get in touch with us individually if you have questions for Ben uh, or if you want to tell me off for, I don't know, my bag tracking thing. <laughs> uh, TSA are finally going to be like, that was who it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Ben is Ben Trengrove. That's B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. That's all. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our patrons who continue to support the show and make um, make it possible for us to do it without having to like you know fork over money for servers and stuff. That's great. We love we love our patrons. Yes, we do. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.